Welcome to another wet and dry episode. In this one, myself and my dear friend Adrian are going to talk about what I think is one of the pinnacles of our sport, which is overnighters. Dropping into a river with all the equipment you need, planning on spending two, three, maybe more days in there and just working your way down it. I think it's I think it's got to be one of the most satisfying feelings in the entire world, dude. I love it. What's your thoughts? Yeah, we can only double up on that. Multi-day kayaking is where it's at for me because very often multi-day kayaking includes exploration as well. And just the, the pure fact you're starting your day and all you have to think about is that you go kayaking and that you're going to eat somewhere and sleep somewhere and then repeat that process until you're at the takeout is a very freeing thing for me to do. So yeah, all the love for multi-day kayaking. And that's what we're going to chat about today. Yeah, I think for me, although it's amazing, dude, carrying a, a heavy kayak full of gear, like it makes me more tired and angrier than maybe any other physical pursuit, you know, <laughs> other than carrying the thing through the airport, you know, for like, you know, when you're like struggling with a hike in, the kayak's really heavy, it's digging, digging into your shoulder and you've got like a tough spot to deal with. Maybe that's like through the forest and through some bushes, or it's just like a big step for me, at least with my legs. Maybe you don't have that with, with no your No idea what you're talking about, bud. Just <laughs> <laughs> gliding over things. But um, yeah, it makes me so hot and sweaty and angry, dude. Mm -hmm. like and then you get past it and then you're like okay we'll just carry on strolling um but yeah I, I think it's an i think it's an amazing process and i love that feeling of just like working hard at one thing you know with your crew the whole day it's magic but the heavy kayak is definitely a hard beast <laughs> to deal with yeah as you say i feel like like when you go multi-day kayaking a lot of things stay the same but also a lot of things change for example like, I mean, you know, like just steering or like maneuvering a kayak, which is loaded is a different story. You need to anticipate things way earlier. You need to push harder. You need to understand you're going to move a bit differently. Like it's, it's so, it's, it's the same thing, but it's so different at the same time. Like it always blows my mind. Yeah, man. Just these subtle little changes, you know, and like having to, ch to adapt to it. And then, you know, it's honestly like resistance training though. Like when you've been kayaking a loaded kayak for a few days and you get back in and the kayak's light again, no extras, whew, you know, like you, you really feel the difference. Cheat coating out there. That's true. But also what I, do find a super interesting point is the like the characteristics of multi-day kayaking when it comes to like gear you know i mean as you know there is a wide spectrum of, of what you need to take what people think they want to take whether that's like camping gear whether that's food whether that's like other necessary or unnecessary stuff like i mean we've seen it all by now I've seen people carrying huge stakes into campgrounds. I've seen you bring a carrot for a three-day, multi-day, <laughs> like everything and in between. Like it blows my mind how many different solutions there are to this one task of paddling downstream for longer than 24 hours. Yeah, man. Well, I'm definitely on the leaner, meaner side of things, you know, like no luxuries, you know, like my my luxury is like my Kindle or a book, you know, like I'm not taking like a thick sleeping pad or like fancy food to eat necessarily, you know, yeah. like I, I sort of, I don't want it to be that comfortable out there, you know, like I, I want to have like a bit of like a mean time, you know, like it shouldn't be completely comfortable and wonderful for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like that story you were talking about just taking the carrots on the river, that was just being in the wrong kayak, you know? I was in the original Piranha 9R, which is a pretty small kayak for me at my size anyway. You know, I was always on like the, the upper end of it. 
And um, and then to load that thing with all the things you need for an overnighter with how long and skinny it was. God, dude, it was a pig. <laughs> it was so hard to kayak that season in California. And, um, you know, it got to a point where I was like, I just can't put any extra weight in this kayak. Like, what weight can I cut out? You know, I was like, I need a sleeping pad, you know, for the insulation from the ground. I need a sleeping bag of some sorts and I need the camera gear and stuff like that. I was like, but you know, you can survive like 30 days without food, like sod it, I'll just, I'll just eat when we get back from this trip. And I had a protein bar and I think two carrots and two sticks of celery for a two day trip. And I was fine. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> I was fine, man. I was fine. It didn't stop me from doing anything. Yeah. I, I found that one especially funny because I remember like when like European kayakers will go multi-day kayaking or planet trip multi-day kayaking at least central europeans ones like people are very much about efficiency and, and playing things clever and you know you're of course gonna share a pot you're gonna prepack your meals you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and then you have american kayakers where everybody for some reason takes their own pot and it also seems like a competition who can take the most ridiculous piece of food into a multi-day like as Which, I said, I've seen r literally racks of ribs in a multi-day. I was like, why would you want to do that to yourself? Like, don't you care about the kayaking part where you want to be light and nimble and agile? But then at the same time, we get to we get to camp and here we are with rather like less delicious food and these boys are just cooking it up. And you're like, well, maybe there is a point. <laughs> yeah, man, I, th I think it depends what you're going for. Like for, for some people, you know, like transporting like good food, eating it in a beautiful place, like that's all part of it, you know? Whereas yeah. for me, like food is an inconvenience always, you know, like I hate having to eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's definitely how I feel. But I understand like the like, I'm going to put the effort in to have a delicious meal in this beautiful place i see that for sure what always makes me laugh is captain dane with his subway setup so <laughs> dane's always talking about how like he takes wraps because they're light and they're like highly nutritious and like lots of calories and stuff but he's got everything packed in individual packets you know so he's got like three or four tortillas in one sandwich bag then he's got some like veggies in one bag and then he's got some like lunch meat or something and then like there's avocado and there's sauces and like by the end of it he's got this like two or three kilograms of his homemade subway <laughs> and he's he has decided that it is the lightest best option for multi-days and it certainly doesn't slow him down that's what he does yeah i will say for me it's been a change throughout the years i remember my first multi-day being on the stikina i was in a prototype kayak and in like just went all for efficiency and i remember my packed kayak still being lighter than an unloaded dagamamba which like was amazing for the kayak <laughs> but what isn't <laughs> yeah but i was stoked i was like this is great and then doing this arunachal pradesh trip uh, late last year just the way the setup there were like works because you have like you're basically multi-daying for a month right so you need to like you need to take care you need to make sure you have the right nutrition and there we would like all throw in maybe like an extra kilogram or so of food for these individual trips and that did change the vibe i would say like it definitely went from surviving three days and then arriving to the takeout knackered to like it's actually all right and like it's a very nice feeling to like cook up actual chewable food rather than just these like prepackaged somethings in a cool spot as we said earlier mm, so i don't know where i stand like i'm all about efficiency but at the same time if it's for an extended time i feel like i want to i want to put in the extra work just to not fall apart at some point it's 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 always a fun one to weigh up because as you said the kayak is also like has a finite space and a finite weight it works and it doesn't work anymore 
and and that's what it is. You got to work around that, I guess. Yeah, I would always I would always take a light, a lighter kayak if I can, and remembering as well that not everyone carries like the same weight and camera equipment that we do. You that's know, a big thing, yeah. like probably about all those that ki- those couple of kilos of camera bags and batteries. I would maybe take nicer <laughs> food and stuff, you know, but that already makes a big difference alone. So trying to be real lean, I think. One thing for me on that India trip, were you guys do mm-hmm. going like self support yourselves? Were you stopping in all the villages along the way? No, no, there were no villages. Like you would have to buy everything in the village. Like maybe sometimes even like three days before you even got to the pudding, and then you would just like buy a bunch of you know lentils, veggies, like spice mixes, that kind of stuff, and then it would just spread it out at the pudding and like kind of evenly put it across everybody, and then one person would have to to bring the pan also we had this like huge like frying pan which did not fit into the kayak so we just had to like tie it on top and then that <laughs> kind of like went around the group where we had to do that um it worked surprisingly well it was kind of like an overfruster for your stern but still um a pod yeah basically a pod exactly um but yeah we split it up we, bought, we had to buy it beforehand and then just did it like that Okay, because there's some parts of the world, like other parts of India, where like you're just kayaking f- along the river, you get a little bit hungry, you see a village, you pop out, everyone's stoked to see you, stoked to feed you, and yeah, that that's that sort of hospitality in those places I really appreciate because then you know you're still on the river for a long amount of time, but you're not having to deal with any of the of the extra weight in your kayak. Remember our trip to Nepal or Tibet, like four or five years ago when we did that one multi day after. We got back into Nepal. Sankozi, right? Sankozi yes, Sankozi. And the multi-day was basically to stop at restaurants and have lunch or some whatever they would serve us. And the protein shakes. <laughs> These got us through. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it always changes where you are. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, man. I, is there like something that you like have to take with you when you go on a multi-day where you're like, I can't leave that behind? Mm. I mean, past the bare necessities, I really, really enjoy having my Kindle with me, actually. Like, especially India, for example, like it gets dark at 5 p.m. when you're kayaking. Like, what are you going to do? Like, everybody, like by the time it's dark, it's time to go to bed. Um, and I really, really appreciate having a book with me on these multi-days. But other than that, I, I really want to keep it minimal. As you say, like, that's not a place we need to be comfortable at by any means, so... I think less is more in that regard. What about you? Dude, for, for me again, it's like books and my headphones, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm like, we've always listening to music. Mm-hmm. So to be in these to be in these places, you know, and to see like the proper stars above you because there's no light pollution, it's clear nights, you know, and then have like my favorite sounds in at the same time is, is just magic to me, you know? Like I was listening to like a live, a live set of Fred again. Mm-hmm on the Flintstones rocks at the Upper Cherry Camp, you know, it's like shooting stars above me, like this amazing DJ set. And yeah, it was just magical, man. Super, super magical. So I talk a big game about like being lean and mean, but I'm still like, I need my book and my headphones (laughs) and my nice music. (laughs) Ah, It's good, man. It gets you through. And I just find it so funny also where people start to like start to cut corners. For example, the Germans, as they love efficiency, 
will definitely cut their toothbrush in half to save those. You like, give over. No, no, it's a, you it's give a thing. Over, you don't. It's a thing. No. Have a look. Have a look at Camp who has a, a half-sized <laughs> toothbrush and know who would be a German man or woman. <laughs> That's definitely a thing, and it cracks me up every the, single time. The slide, the slides and socks don't already <laughs> give it away. You got to check the length of the toothbrush. Exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah, I just find it so funny how everybody has their own little hacks. They're so convinced it's the best thing ever. Like, everybody has that, like, one or two things. They're like, yeah, that's the way how to do it. And then other people will look at it and they're like, what are you on about? Like, that makes zero sense. But I guess everything works. Yeah. Whatever yeah. works. Whatever gets you down the river. Dude, here's one for you, though. Backpack system or just shoulder it? Depends. Depends. Like... Carrying a kayak, I prefer to do it on a backpack system. Like, like, kind of use have this like system of ropes and and foam, which basically transform your kayak to like a huge backpack, and you look like a turtle. It works for me because my legs are long enough, but it only works in. Ooh, me and my long legs. <laughs> exactly. Look at me. But it only works in open space, and I've definitely, definitely done hikings with my kayak on my on my hiking system or my backpack system where i spent more time like avoiding trees and branches and getting caught in that type of stuff rather than if i would just have sucked it up and shouldered it what about you how about how that kelly trip what did you do there shouldered it every single time and it's like making jokes of people like does that not hurt you and i was like no of course not <laughs> like you just put it on your traps you know <laughs> like if you have small traps it hurts but you have big fat traps it's fine it's cushioned I don't mean what, <laughs> but it would definitely be sore at the end of the day. You know, yeah. you're shouldering for like a heavy kayak for like five or six hours. But yeah, dude. I mean, you know me and my patience. You know, I always start with the back trap, back backpack system. I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. You know, like I'm not gonna get scoliosis from carrying this heavy thing on one side. Mm -hmm. But it never works that smoothly for me. And I think like that, like messing around, like getting it to balance stage, I can just never get through, you know, because I just I'm in the mood to just go hiking and crush some ground. But I'm having to like mess around with this this whole palaver and I'm like, ah, sod it, screw this thing. And I end up ca carrying it on my shoulder anyway. So I don't know, more patience needed and a better backpack system needed as well. I just saw... um Johnny Chase mm -hmm. just uploaded a good option where he's got some like cut off backpack straps, like nice padded ones. Yeah. And he's just got carabiners tied off to either end and he's clipping them to his kayak. And it looks like a pretty good option, honestly, man. Like lightweight, comfortable straps, and no, it looks a lot easier to get the kayak to balance and sit in a good place for you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anyone interested, definitely check, check out Johnny Chase's setup that he's using. DIY and I'm sure he's that's what I said I'm sure he's convinced it's the best thing ever <laughs> it, 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 it looks good it, yeah. it does do a good job of selling it <laughs> Johnny Chase man what what an amazing comeback for that dude so yes let's talk about that yeah if anyone's not aware there was a point in time where it felt like the universe just wanted to take Johnny's leg from him you know like so the, <laughs> the first incident he got bit by a rattlesnake ever put in the dinky creek and um Although Evan and Johnny told the story very differently, the gist of it is that Johnny got bit of a put-in. They're deciding what to do. There's no way that they're going to carry Johnny out of there because it's quite a steep downcline and it would take ages and the car's already gone because it's a few hours of shuttle. Um, so there's no one to get him up there and they decide that the best thing to do is to kayak at least halfway down the river to a point where Evan knows they can get a helicopter in to evac him. And thankfully it's a crew of badasses so they just start rallying 
there's one dude that's not been on the river before and he's having to rally hard with people that have been doing this river for years you know yeah and uh I i guess it got to a point where like johnny with a rattlesnake bite was like no no we need to slow down for i think the dude's name was josh or someone was like we need to slow down he's having a hard time so you know like they slow down <laughs> johnny's been bitten by a rattlesnake and they get to the takeout in i don't know what was what was the typical day left of dinky furs like i feel like three four hours maybe i would say i was gonna say four or five but anyway they crush this river that some people do in two days in like four or five hours Johnny drives himself to the hospital, <laughs> gets checked out with a snake bite. He's fine. He gets treated. And then a few months later, he's climbing and he falls and swings into the wall, right? Basically, yeah. And was like, what? Like a few a few inches away from losing the entire leg? I believe everything on his foot was disconnected from his leg, basically. Like the universe did want Johnny Chase's left foot. <laughs> But he did not want to get rid of it. And yeah, he went into this like crazy rehab process, I guess. It's been two years by this point, I think. Yeah, but dude, I, I don't think they even told him at the hospital. They were just like, okay, your leg's broken. We've fixed it up, but you need to keep it really still in that cast. Like no jumping, no mm-hmm. movements, no whatever. And he goes back for the checkup and they're like, oh, this looks a lot better than we thought. Yeah, we, we didn't want to tell you to get your hopes down, but we were planning to have to amputate it. And so, somehow he came back from it, dude. And uh, then he just did his first like hike in since that accident, which was up a cherry. And he's using his homemade backpack system. And nice. by all accounts, did great on the hike. So Yeah, I was, I was hiking with him in Zambia earlier this year. And there was his first time hiking as well. And it was so cool to see Johnny like back on like the chase. And also, like, no pun, no pun intended. No pun intended. Who says Germans aren't funny? <laughs> but just seeing him, like, you know, like, do the first hike up and it take whatever time. And then he would come back the next day and it's like, okay, I want to be, like, two minutes faster. And then, like, really push himself. And now hearing that he's back in California, back, like, hiking in his kayak and his loaded kayak, that's just amazing. He's, he's a tough cookie, man. He's a tough cookie. When I saw one of the, one of the most epic things for me this summer was, like, the feats going on on fancy because me and Dano had the one day fancy flush then Mm -hmm. Dano had the fancy flash which is like doing it all in just over three hours right around that same time Carson and Johnny did two laps in one day like they portaged for like mummy gorge and untouchables but they, Mm -hmm. they did two full laps in a day which is an enormous day out there right it's a long day of kayaking and Carson Lindsay is like absolute badass one of the like fittest most well-rounded kayakers out there and you know he was looking a bit tired when we saw them portaging mummy gorge and johnny was like my soul has left my body (laughs) he's like i've never felt worse but i've never felt more alive brent (laughs) you know like you know how he is like someone's been reading david goggins (laughs) and he's just shuffling shuffling around you know whereas carson's so fast on the hike and uh but fair play to Johnny, dude. He did it, you know? And, like, this is coming off the back of a big injury. Like, two fancy laps in one day. Like, that is a lot of kayaking. That is super impressive, especially, like, seeing his comeback in Zambia. Like, he was not at the point where he would do two, maybe even one fancy lap. I don't know. So, hats off and major props. Johnny, you are the man. I'm very happy you're back. This is amazing. You're savage. <laughs> dude, Johnny Chase is, is mind over matter entirely. So, so sick to have him back. Johnny Chase, your favorite kayaker, favorite kayaker. That's the tagline he was going by or he is going by for many years. 
And yeah, it still is. It still is. It's amazing. Yeah, ridiculous human being. <laughs> I was joking. I'm like, Johnny's just on his way to being like that next Californian legend that like people talk about, but you never see in videos, you know, like Ben Coleman is like one of the most badass dudes ever. And I wouldn't say that many people outside of the USA and California know about him, you know, mm -hmm. unless you're like really into your into kayaking. Kay kayaking history, kayaking nerd like myself. But, you know, he's like, an older dude do still like opening up a lot of runs every season like still like getting all of the classics in and I, f I forget how many laps down royal he thinks he has but it's over 50 or something you what? know like it's the dude has been down a lot of rivers in california for a lot of years you know? year after year especially yeah that's right that's and i'm right. like I was like Johnny Chase is just that next one, you know, like, yeah, we haven't seen him for a little while, but then he just turned up and did two laps of fantasy and left. You know? <laughs> like it's it's for sure it's the next one you'll hear about. Make it an annual thing, have this rattlesnake move evolve a little bit. I remember him telling me that once he got bit, I was like, So how is it to be bit by a rattlesnake? Like, I really don't like snakes. So this is like literally my worst fear. And I mean, remember when we were in Cali first, both from Europe, never have seen rattlesnakes before. We were like super concerned, like Hey, Evan, hey, Johnny, like, how do I identify a rattlesnake? And these guys would be like, yeah, don't worry, you will know when you know. And it was like, what the fuck is that answer for? Like, how am I meant to know? And then we were all the thing on East Korea, and all of a sudden I hear this like, clack, 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 yeah. clack. And I was like, oh, I know now. It's like a, it's like a primal, like... It gets, yeah. <laughs> primal, like, oh, shit. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, I said he woke up a bit. It was painful, yada, yada. But then he was like, yeah, you know, you're kayaking and your heart rate is rather low. It's not too bad. But then apparently he was telling me when he had to do the portage, like his heart rate would jack up and he would get super trippy just off that snake venom. But as you mentioned earlier, that's one side of the story. The other one I haven't heard yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, certainly I, I hope that people are getting the best impression from Johnny Chase from us right now. <laughs> and he is a superhero, but the way that Evan tells that story is very different. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to misquote Evan on this because they're like best friends. But yeah, Evan's version of the story, very different. Johnny's version of the story, uh, tough guy. <laughs> slight slight differences, but yeah, we, we love them both. Which which again, man, is like another big thing for me on like high, like long days and, multi, and multi-days and hike-ins and stuff of like just who surprises you, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I've been surprised so many times by people where I'm like, damn, you were way tougher than I thought, you know? Or like you were in way better shape than I thought. Definitely. That's like when it's time to grind, that's really what shows what's up. I remember my one of my earlier multi-days, I was up in Northern Norway uh, around the Arctic Circle together with Olaf, Olaf Opsommer. Back then, he must have been, like, in his late 40s. Um, and, like, like a big dude. You know, Olaf, like, a fit dude, but a big dude. Um, and he would grind so hard. I couldn't believe it. Like, he was sweating. He was, like, he was fighting. But he would just keep going. And, like, I would have never expected Olaf to hike up this mountain ridge in that time when he did it. Um, but he just did. He just kept grinding, kept fighting, super hard guy and and that was the first time i was like oh okay like you can't get surprised with this like i don't know beforehand who's gonna make it or, or be broken on this with, with dude as always there's like smart ways to do things and there's not smart ways to do things you know and like my strategy is always like just go until i want to give up and die count to like a thousand or two <laughs> see if i still want to give up or die or i can carry on and and then like eventually stop, have to take a break and then repeat the process, you know, whereas other people are just like steadily and gradually staying moving throughout the whole day. But I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> yeah, I remember also, I remember when we went to Pakistan and we would go 
hiked this one glacier and the two of us would just storm off in the front and we had some experienced ski guides in the back and we would just go and we're like what is that pace what are these guys up to and then yeah the christoph would just like really nonchalantly chill would like cruise up and we would like joke about it and about like an hour and a half later we would both be broken by the side of the of the path and christoph would cruise past still looking very chill <laughs> so i learned my lessons about pacing myself um but yeah there's multiple ways to, to solve it as you say whatever yeah. gets you up there i think i forget his name now one of my first multi days was in uh was in wyoming mm -hmm. and i still have to hit the boys up for the name of this river because it's not one that's done very commonly it's like the west fork of the wind or something like that like some you, you know how it is in america like the northeast fork of the american <laughs> blah, 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 blah. and uh Anyway, dude, there was a guy, I think he was called Chris McTaggart, mm -hmm. and I was the youngest on the trip. I, this was like still like a freestyle rat, you know? So I was wearing Vans, you know, like I, idiot, <laughs> <laughs> idiot, like 18 or 19 years old. And the only way that I would keep track of the group and not get lost was I would smell Chris up in front smoking a cigar oh, or a God. cigarette, you know? And I couldn't catch up to him, dude. I couldn't get close to him, but I would know where he was because I could smell these like nasty, like <laughs> gross American cigarettes. And, you know, like I could not touch him. And, you know, like you're led to believe smoking's bad and it affects your athletic performance. Like it didn't do anything to this man. Like he was just <laughs> cruising, you know? Happy days unbelievable um but yeah i i'm really interested in it because you would think that a bigger person carrying the, the same weight would have an easier time mm -hmm. right it would use less energy but then that doesn't explain some of the smaller but really strong dudes in the sport and like i have a theory that like the earlier you started carrying your own kayak the stronger you are on hiking Dano again is basically a Sherpa because his dad was always would never carry Dane's kayak for him. You know, mm -hmm. like once Dane got to like however many years old he was, like a kid, probably like two. Yeah, probably like two. EJ's like, come on, Dane, you're two years old. You're a grown man now. Let's go carry you're, your own. You're board. gonna. I, I built you this fun one so you could carry <laughs> it yourself. You know that wave sport prototype. But because he's been doing that, dude, Dane's basically a Sherpa. Like he is so strong with a kayak. Yeah, and and he's also like super competitive as you know so like i was like in the middle of the group and i was like stopping to film and stuff and i've still got the bad ankle so i wasn't super fast but i was like keeping up and uh dane and huey on two hikes got quite competitive with each other and it was hilarious man <laughs> it was hilarious because you know it's like the end of the day and you're tired and you're only making it like a couple a couple hundred yards before you put in the kayak down and resting and they're just like Zhoop! <laughs> like neck and neck the whole time beautiful i really like to hear that yeah i don't know for me i think your theory carries a lot of truth and i see that a lot and i've been shocked myself like after a few years of expedition kayaking with, with hikings like how similar my hiking performance is whether i carry a kayak or i don't like it's i don't know if this speaks for my kayaking hiking skills or for, or for my non-existing hiking skills themselves but I see that point. Like, I think once you know how to maybe like carry a boat and do it like more efficiently, it might become easier or like you find a spot where it sits well, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it can be, it can be such a hard thing to do is just to get to the start of the river with your boat on your shoulder for sure.
Yeah, I mean, it's different, hit, like, hitting the rapids when you're tired, you know? Like, and that. It's, it's very different. It's something that, like, not a lot of people practice that often, you know? Because you don't get the opportunities to do it in Europe that often, you know? So it's a whole new thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think ball on the on our hikings, the, the only real difference is if it's hot or not. Yeah, <laughs> if, it, if it's hot, I'm like, oh, he's gonna struggle today. Yeah. And I guess that's just because you're a bigger person or whatever. I don't know what it is, but for me, it's it's a huge huge uh, difference in performance whether it's hot or not. Like the hikings in Cali, like when it was hot, crushed me. When it was cold, okay. And even now, when I was doing my training in rehab, I was doing like. Uh, workouts on the kayak ergo in like different temperatures and even there you could see like a pretty big difference just in my heart rate whether it was 20 degrees or 35 like i was really surprised how much of an influence that has on me why i don't know all i can do is suck it up and go for <laughs> it i guess but yeah definitely definitely a big difference for me maybe i'm bigger maybe it's something else i don't know new tactics bro you need to start like <laughs> fanning yourself as you're hiking you know yeah talk about the the no need for comfort next time i'm gonna bring like an ac or like a powered fan or something just usbc exactly. little fan yeah <laughs> like a little little spray bottle on it something like that keep myself fresh and moisturized on the way up but uh yeah point today kayaking man what a what a dude, fun thing to do dude so the the best place that i've ever had a multi-day at was um flintstones on upper cherry mm -hmm. it's right at the bottom of the upper of the cherry bomb gorge and the teacups and so you've just got done with some of the best kayaking you'll ever do in your life and there's just this flat granite spot and there's like all this driftwood washed up and like there's already a fire pit built there from like kayakers over previous generations and man it's just magic like it's so nice there absolutely absolutely unbelievable but i was laughing because there was there was like myself some chileans some peruvians um a bunch of americans and then there was tilo and hugh who were operating as a gruesome twosome <laughs> and uh that for me was really cool because we have Huey, who's like a up-and-coming passionate kayaker and we have tilo who's like a legend you know yeah and so when they combined for this trip i was super excited and they got to camp you know and me and Caleb have bought some like veggie dogs, which is my favorite thing in the world to eat, even though I don't let myself do it that often. But we like had this big pack of veggie dogs. Dane had like a, a steak or something. And Tilo and Hugh had these like, you know, the the Uncle Ben's like pre-boiled rice yeah, packets yeah, yeah. you can just microwave. They had like three of those each and that was it. And I was like, oh man, there's <laughs> different ways of doing this, but I'm, I'm stoked I chose this option today. Yeah, no, for sure. And it I mean, it gets you down, whatever gets you down. How was it with the camp spots in, in California? Because, like, obviously there's quite some traffic with people and these are some super, super special places. Were there any signs of trash or were we kayakers doing all right? Well, well, number number one, Captain Dame wasn't on the multi-day train this year. We, we did mostly one days. Mm -hmm. We only have... I got one multi-day on fancy because we were setting safety for him the next day and yep. i got one multi-day on upper cherry but that was it everything else we did as a one day damn okay so <laughs> maybe we have to change it from <laughs> california multi-day paradise to california one day long day paradise <laughs> yeah but the, that was the amazing thing for me is like you could you could put smash it all out in one huge day or you could hang out in there over two days you know and um was definitely making filming hard you know like just doing these one day stout missions but it was so nice to have these big long grueling days you know i loved it but yeah getting to do the the overnighters was really special made you appreciate the whole process what about you favorite overnight spot so far 
hard to say. I mean, Arunachal Pradesh was pretty out there. That had some epic views. But there was also like a, the thing there was because like the, the lifestyle on the road didn't make any sense. Like you wouldn't, it didn't, it never made sense to like push and get to the car that same day because then you're going to sleep on a dirt road. In the heat, yeah. yeah. That sticks so, by the river. No, nah, it wasn't by the heat. Like, but just like, it's just going to be like next to a dirt road in the middle of nowhere or you're going to like, take that extra time and like find like actually an epic camp spot and, and build like a nice camp spot and, and cook a nice meal and just sleep and get to the car the next morning, use that day to drive and just put on the next afternoon or the day after and get to the next multi-day. So because of that, we took that extra time. We did find some some really, really nice multi-day spots. Mm, but yeah, I mean, as you know, everything everything is different. Everything is special. Hard for me to pick a favorite, but... We'll find out. I'm now that we talk about it. I'm getting fired up for some multi days again. Actually, <laughs> yeah, man. I would. I would like to. I, I have to say, I would like to upgrade some of my gear. Like my sleeping bag is like ten or twelve years old. Pretty rubbish. Pretty big to pack down. Yeah. Dude, Lorenzo, this Peruvian kid. He had his. He didn't have enough dry bags. <laughs> he had. He had his. Um. He had his sleeping bag bought from Walmart. You know, this massive thing that doesn't compress down. He had it in like just a trash bag, <laughs> like sealed up with duct tape. And I was like, Oh my god, this is so. This is uh, what. What word can I use? It like this is so dirt bag. Like yeah. this is just magic. You know, it was. It was huge. Dude. It was this huge Walmart sleeping bag in a garbage bag with duct tape on and fair play to the kid he made it work <laughs> that's what i mean that's that's the thing there's so many different solutions you can go 600 down sleeping bag plus your gore-tex bb or you go trash bag and walmart sleeping bag like it all works like that's the beauty of it lorenzo if you're listening to this i was serious man you, you send me an email i'll just send you a palm dry bag like please <laughs> <laughs> please <laughs> awesome what else was i gonna say about multi-days the crew you go with that's mm -hmm. a massive one you know like I'm, I'm always nervous about like meeting up with bigger crews and stuff and having that derail it but sometimes dude it really adds to it like dane was dane took a big crew down upper cherry with us mm -hmm. and it was just magic dude like really really fun days out there with like different people and you you know becoming friends with people it's it's like I think that's also a beautiful part of the sport that we miss out on so much because we're just on our own agenda with the filming and stuff. But yeah, that made me realize how nice that is to do, which I guess you had in Aranachal, eh? Yeah, I mean, it was with a crew I knew before, so it wasn't like bouncing into like Randos, people I yeah. didn't know before or random people exactly. But I mean, you for sure, right? Like because we're on this agenda, on this program, like it tends to like narrow down on the people you want to go kayaking with. And if you like take a step back and think about kayaking in the community and like how we came up like that's always a big thing like meeting new people with the same interest and a similar outlook on life and then creating these friendships so yeah i can totally see that being a thing and uh yeah but it ha hasn't really happened for me anytime recently where i would go kayaking with completely unknown people i guess no dude and i i sort of like after after like some of the accidents and incidents i definitely like closed myself off even more you know but like yeah. this this trip and hanging out with more people and more kayakers like oh, actually it can still be like like a really good safe day but a really fun day out with people you don't know you yeah. know like it's not always this like car crash horror show where you're like who let them come with us like no yeah yeah and I guess already that is an amazing verdict right like let's not forget things can also go well if you, you don't know the crew <sighs> 
Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so so <laughs> I, I guess it's just the style of like when we bump into people because so often it's like, hey, you know, at the Vellabrook put yeah. in, bit of a juicy level, like, hey, can I follow you down? And it's like, I don't know you, man. You know, like if you swim here, you're going to have a shit time and I'm going to have a bad time trying to deal with you. You know, like, are you sure? Like, mm. can you show me your like top 10 kayaking <laughs> clips real quick? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, it's a tricky one, but yeah if that's the only problem i'm a happy man i think we should all call ourselves happy with that yeah man and like there's just so many good people in the sport it blows me away like that lewis norris dude mm -hmm. epic like that guy is so cool <laughs> and uh liam field like that whole crew they have are they team snack or something like that they're awesome they're some of the raddest people out there it's interesting for me because just i haven't been with covid and everything i yeah. like Like last time I was in the States, we were the young up and coming ones. And now like what, four or five years later, things have like, you know, found their ways and, and there is a, a new generation somewhere on the horizon. I just unfortunately don't, haven't met them yet. So I'm really looking forward to get back to the States and see what these kids get up to and how they're pushing kayaking, where they want to get to it. Because it sounds like it's an amazing talent pool and, and fun people, right? 100% man. And like, I'm really impressed and happy with like how switched on the kids are, mm -hmm. you know, like... um like Isaac Hall is mm -hmm. probably like the smartest young kayaker I've met, you know? So he, he was doing the Royal Flush Lap like the day, a day or two before I got there. Mm -hmm. And he had done squats. He only, he only had Wabina left to flush. And he was like, nah, my shoulder feels sore and tired. Like I'm not going to do it because I don't want to risk my shoulder. And he porched it, you know? And I was like, that's amazing decision-making, you yeah, know? That's, that's, exact, that's exactly how it should be, you know? But like, you're just doing these waterfalls because you want to and because your body feels good and it shouldn't be about like forcing through to get this royal flush thing, you know? So 100%. To, to hear someone his age saying that was super inspiring. But then like two days later, he dislocated it on Golden Gate. Ah, super rubbish, man. Baba. Super rubbish. Isaac, if you hear this, feel up, bud. <laughs> Oh, you know, dude you know you were talking about like un untouchables and all the lines there mm -hmm. scott's drop as well there were some wild lines there this year a lot of people like landing like like over or under rotated on edges mm -hmm. and a lot of people having like crazy reconnect lines down the second one the the absolute most insane one is a clip of geordie breaking his paddle have you seen that i have seen and everybody who's listening and hasn't haven't seen it yet go check it out real quick it is wild <laughs> dude I, i'll find it we'll insert into the podcast it's yeah. crazy so it comes off scott's laying absolute treats typical like italian geordie style smashes his paddle over his over the front of his kayak and breaks it and flips and the the thing for me that i didn't realize about scott's is how fast it goes from the first one to the second one it's like really like your eyes clear and you're being pulled down you're dropping into the second gnarly part of the waterfall and geordie manages to hand roll and manages to make the line without his paddle he just sort of like i don't know like kayak jesus is his way down it you know just like finds the force yoda deal and um gets to the bottom throws his hands up and he's completely okay but it looked when he was upside down that he was about to like have to be airlifted out of there you know if you did that second part on your head i think it'd be horrendous but worst case scenario He hand rolls up, he, he like <laughs> deals with the flow, gets down it, cheers at the bottom. But like hearing Geordie talk about that, I was like, what was going through your head, man, when that happened to you, you know? And he was like, katsu, 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 katsu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs>
inspiring. Yeah, Jordy was everyone's favorite in California by far. You know, like everyone was doing impressions of him, and um, sim very similar. To, like some of the things our dear friend Matthias says on the river, you know. And uh, yeah, just magic, man. <laughs> but I, again, like seeing all the friendships made this this summer was super cool. All the connections. Nice. Well, but I think that's all bit for today. Thank you for that. That was really fun again. Can't wait for the next Dude, one. Do we disappoint some serious gearheads? You know, they will have <laughs> yeah. been looking for recommendations on the top firm arrests for multi days. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's something to talk about. Like, you do not need the most fancy gear by any means to go multi day kayaking. You just need to get out there and go do it. That's the way in, I think to do it. And and don't overthink gear choices. Yeah, but you know, like a top in anywhere other than California is probably a good thing to take. Probably a good we thing to take. <laughs> I think at one point when we were really broke, we were just sharing your one top, right? Mm -hmm. That was all we had between that's us. That's all we had. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, that's part of it. I'm stoked. Well, buddy, thank you very much. See you next time. Cheers. Peace, dog. Peace.